You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Uh, doing just fine. And yourself? <laughs> just watching the world burn. <laughs> uh, it's it's Again, funny, but it's not funny. I mean, we have a Bernie world. It's a Bernie, but not B E, not weekend at Bernie, not Bernie, like B U R N, you know, uh, Y, Bernie. Seems to burn a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a real shame that that's the best you could do with the material that the society has given us. That was the joke you came up with. <laughs> I had all day to think of it too. Had all day. I sat here for hours going, what am I going to, how am I going to joke about the coup? I just, I just put on my Facebook page, you know, it took six total days for me to miss the peaceful days of 2020. <laughs> uh, regardless, of what's going on in our uh, society today. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Instead, let's talk a little bit of positivity where our main man, Devontae Smith, is on the hardware. And just like we predicted, they gave him the trophy at 655. And at 657, they wondered, what the hell are we going to do with this three minutes of dead space? <laughs> it was uh, longer than I anticipated, but uh, very short. <laughs> Heisman speech longer than I made it, but and I thought he was great. I mean, he's just so easy to to cheer for and to like and what oh, yeah. just just one of the great all time, not just players, just one of the all time people. And I think we saw in his hometown and the interview with his mom and dad about just these are just good people, and uh, yep. and that's why Devontae's a good person. And I mean, I literally cannot be happy. I mean, I was just overcome with happiness for him, and it was well-deserved. And at the same time, when you look at the voting, you know, what we often talked about here was a fear that the the voting, that, that maybe an Alabama guy like Devontae wouldn't win because the ballots would be split because not everybody would put Mac and Devontae on the same ballot. And, and I think to some extent, when you look at the votes, we were right. Now, we weren't right in the sense that it cost Devontae first place, but it did cost Max second place. I, I think the, I think the, the exactly what we talked about, you know, with, I think a lot of people voted for Devontae and people that voted for Devontae are like, ah, I'm not putting, I'm not putting Mac Jones on my ballot because I've already put an yeah. Alabama guy, you know, at number one. And uh, I, I think that literally, so we were right. Uh, it did affect the outcome. Thankfully, it just didn't affect who who, uh, who won the trophy. Yeah, and I, um, I was listening to another uh, sports show out of Auburn as I was driving back from Atlanta today, and I had to call in because they were like, well, if, if Jalen Waddle hadn't gotten hurt, then Devontae didn't win the Heisman. And I called in and said, yeah, that's right. That's probably true. Mac Jones would have won. Mac Jones would have won the Heisman. No, that's exactly, you're exactly right. His numbers would have been even more off the charts, and um, Jalen Waddle would have uh, probably made some catches that, as good as John Mechie has been, he might not have made, or he would have turned them into touchdowns, or Slade Bolden, or something like that. So I feel like, yeah, Mac Jones would have won it because, in the end, you couldn't. I mean, 
I heard some people make an argument for Kyle Trask. He doesn't have the weapons, yada, yada, yada. First of all, he does have the weapons. Kadarius Tony, I've seen, uh, and Kyle Pitts both going in the first round of some mock drafts, number one. Um, number two, they had to throw it all the time because his team was down all the time. Uh, right. And number three, he ended the season on a three-game losing streak. Now, granted, you, the ballots would not have gone in until right. – um, you know, until uh, the, the, after the two-game losing streak, but still, that matters. So I think that's what uh, you know that that takes care of that. Yeah, absolutely. You you couldn't have been more right, and I, I agree with that. If Waddle had been healthy, Waddle <clears> and Devontae <throat> would have both both maybe would have finished between five and ten. <laughs> yeah. Maybe both of them would, but Mac would have uh, Mac would have won. I, I totally agree. Not not Trevor again. Trevor came in second, I think, due to the math of people not wanting to put two Alabama guys in their three spots. Now, that happened all over the South. That happened all over the state of Alabama, where there probably were a lot of ballots that had, you know, Devontae and Mac one and two in some order. But I just have a hard time believing that out West and up North and, and in other places that, uh, that voters were putting two Alabama guys on their three-man ballot. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But in the end, um, Devante, the thing that sets him apart, I, I hope I didn't talk about this on the podcast yesterday. I don't think I did. If I did, stop me. Um, but the thing to me about Devante is he's so relatable. You know, he's a buck 70. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't, I mean, you know, if you saw him in the neighborhood YMCA, you're like, yeah, that, that dude looks pretty athletic, but I mean, he doesn't look crazy, you know, buff. Um, right. And compare him to say Derrick Henry who just walks into a room and you just start immediately throwing your valued possessions at him going, please don't hurt me. Take everything. <laughs> uh, because he's so, he looks like a cyborg sent from the year 3015. Um, and me, and then Mark Ingram, it, you know, he really doesn't have much of a neck. He's all muscle and all he does, he, he's just a unique dude. I mean, um, it's just, but Devante is so unassuming. He's the opposite of most prima donna wide receivers. He looks like a, a pretty regular dude. He's not the fastest dude, but nobody catches him. He's he's not the uh, he doesn't maybe maybe he doesn't have the best hands of any receiver. Um, he doesn't talk trash. He, you just he's the kind of dude that you just like, Hey, wait a minute, this guy's going to lead Alabama and most sec departments in receiving history. This is crazy. Yep. 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 He's uh, relatable, likable. And frankly, I decided, (laughs) and and it's not so much a decision, but, but man, it's such a tough thing. But uh, when you have Julio and Amari and Ozzie Newsome and Ridley and Judy, uh, Devontae Smith is the best wide receiver in Alabama history. He just is. Yes. He's the best one we've ever had. And uh, now he's got the hardware, which I think ends the discussion. And uh, he didn't really need the hardware to, to, to have that title because he's already won it on the field. But, uh, yeah, the best wide receiver to ever play football at Alabama. And if I'm wrong, the answer is Don Hudson, really. But – you know, the Hudson thing is why it's just so hard to compare errors. I mean, it just really is. Uh, you know, uh, so I'm sticking with Devontae Smith. That's my answer. Well, and, and I, I think, too, I think the NFL would have had a hard time covering Devontae in 1932. That's my prediction. 
Yeah, and I don't think they would have had as hard a time covering Don Hudson now. And again, that is no knock on Don Hudson. Times have changed. And in that moment, you know, he was playing without a face mask. I'm not sure how Devontae would have done without a face mask. So <laughs> that's a good point. You got to you got to give a, a lot of credit to the to the old timey crew. But you know what? It's it's it, it's sort of like it's the Wilt Chamberlain debate, right? I mean, there was nobody his size, and so yeah, he scores 100 points. But at the same time, he was doing things that people half his size couldn't do. In, in, right. in the way he dribbled, the way he moved, how fluid he was. And, and it's it's so hard to compare eras like that. But, I mean, if there is any – if there's somebody out there with without the last name Hudson who thinks Devontae Smith isn't as good as Don Hudson, I, I will be shocked. He's the best receiver in Alabama right. history. Yes, I include Julio. Yes, I include Amari. Yes, I include Ridley and Judy and Ruggs and whoever else you want to throw out there. That that's just it's the bottom line. He's the best. He has the statistics to back it up. He has the game-winning catches to back it up. It's not like he just had one shining moment. In fact, uh, in the national championship game again, and this is no knock on Julio, who we all love and adore. Julio is on our, our Mount Olympus for most people, um, or Mount Rushmore. Either way you want to do it, he's he could be on Mount Olympus, like because he, he is practically the god of receivers. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he didn't have a catch for a touchdown in the national championship game against Texas, I don't think, right? Uh, he certainly well, didn't have he a big did. game. He didn't have a big game. I know that for sure. And, of course, Greg McElroy didn't complete many balls. He, he uh, McElroy played that game with crack ribs, a la Justin yep. Fields. Although, <laughs> I, you know, you read conflicting things, but I, 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 I don't believe – I think Fields is – I'm going to assume Fields is healthy. Yeah, well, your nice segue into something completely different than what I was talking about. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Um, you know, speaking of whether or not Fields is healthy, you would think that would affect the betonline.ag line. Well, you know what? That line has been hovering around seven and a half, eight the whole time. So go check out betonline.ag. Get your bet in on this national championship game. I'm looking at the prop bets now, Jimmy. You can bet on things like first half margin of victory. I guess – I don't know why it's called margin of victory when it's only the first half, but I guess first half lead is what it should be called. You can bet Alabama by 13 points or more plus 175. That's pretty low. Uh, Ohio State by one to six points is plus 750. And if it's tied at halftime, that's plus 750. There is no spread for Ohio State. Well, I think that back now I see it. Ohio State by 13 points or more is plus 500. That's kind of odd that that's that low to me. Um, but you can bet on things like margin of total victory, and it's got every option in the book that you want there. Um, and it, by the time the game rolls around, they'll have a lot more player props up. You can bet your life on that. And you might be able to bet your life on betonline.ag. Go check it out and see if your life is one of the categories. It very well could be. Uh, they've got all kind of prop bets for all the NFL playoff action coming up. Anything you want to do on basketball, um, betonline.ag is the place to go. Use promo code Locked On for a 50% bonus. That's right, 50% bonus. Bonus. Load up on the timing. It is not postponed. BetOnline.ag is where you want to go. It's the one that everybody at the Locked On Network trusts. BetOnline.ag. All right, Jimmy. Um, let's get. You know, 
we're going we're gonna still talk more football. There's no doubt. But man, I, if if people if I had video, if this, if this were on YouTube, people would see me standing and literally clapping for the performance of the basketball team last night. Um, at that I was I couldn't have been happier with it. I was a little bit frustrated at first. It felt like we were gonna sort of sleepwalk right there at the beginning of the game, going a little back and forth. You know, Florida had a quick five nothing lead, and then you know we we would time they'd go up by five, we'd time they'd go up by five. And then at halftime, we ended up taking a seven, I think a seven point lead. And then right after halftime, they come out and tie it seven quick points before the 18 minute mark. And then it was Katie bar the door. I mean, we just took over and it was so uh, such a relief to see us do this because we've been waiting on it. And we wondered if we're ever going to do something like this again. First time we've beaten the Florida Gators in Tuscaloosa since 2006, if you can believe it. Exciting thing to me is as awesome as we played and we did play awesome. We we can be better. Oh, Herb, yeah. didn't, Herb didn't even have his best game. Quinterly's not on the floor. I'm not sure Primo scored. I mean, we we can be better than that. And that's what's really exciting about this team's upside, not to mention 3-0 and in the SEC for the first time in forever. Got a good chance to get a big one on the road Saturday against Auburn. But uh, what I'll remember about last night, or what I hope to remember going forward, is uh, to me it was the Keon Ellis coming out party. I think Keon had flashed before. We heard a lot of good stuff from practice that the players were really impressed by him, but we hadn't seen a lot in, in the games, you know, really. But Keon in that second half at times was, was just the best player on the floor. And on the plus minus, he, he was plus 30, which is unbelievable for only playing like 23 minutes. That means during the time when Keon was on the floor, Alabama outscored Florida by 30 points. That is crazy. So very excited about Keon announcing himself as ready to be a player at this level. And, hey, it just takes a while. I mean, David Palmer was probably the most exciting true freshman I've seen at Alabama, even throughout the Saban era. And I remember, I think it was game four or game five against Vanderbilt before he housed a punt. And, and sort of that was like his coming out party in Nashville against Vanderbilt. And – uh you know, even him, it was the fourth or fifth game, not the first game. I mean, it take it takes a while, you know, to to, to get comfortable, and uh, hopefully, we'll see more performances like that out of Keon going forward. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because he'll go sort of unnoticed. I mean, I think the story will always be somebody like a John Petty who ended up having another great night, and and Herb got in foul trouble again. Um, but it's, it, it's, I thought some of the fouls were a little BS on him. I mean, there was a lot of contact. That big, tall, white dude for Florida, my God, he's a problem. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's got some moves, but, you know, we started figuring out if he does not put that ball above his head, we're going to take it. That's what we're going to do. That's the only thing we can do because you cannot stop him otherwise. Um, and, you know, I thought when I was watching the game, it seemed like James Rojas did not have a great game, right? I thought he played okay. I thought he hustled like he's been doing. But, I, man, you look at his box score. His box score is like he played pretty damn well. Yeah, it's like with him, to me, it doesn't look pretty. You know, he is sort of like – you know, he's sort of like – no, he's not like this guy. I want him to become this guy. I wish Rojas would sort of become our Chris Hines. Yeah, he's a rebounder, but – and he needs to clean up around the basket, you know, be a garbage bucket guy, an offensive rebounding guy. 
where I start getting a little frustrated with him is sometimes he never sees a shot that he doesn't like. And I'm not not a big fan of those 10, 15 footers that he's launching up there all the time that never seem to go into me, but, but around the basket, he's and and, and again, he's got the great rebounding body and he hustles. So hopefully he'll turn into that Chris Hines type going forward. But, uh, but we don't need to see him uh, taking so many shots. No, that that is very true. You know, um, man, he took one shot, and I was like, "What on earth are you doing?" Uh, and, and in fact, we had a couple of breaks. You could tell we missed Quinterly. I think at times, you know, and obviously he was out. We all assume it's due to COVID. All they could say is a medical issue. Um, but there were times we were trying to run a break, and it just was not a, a pretty sight. And I think Quinterly's the one guy that can lead us on a break right now, a true break. Yeah, I think it's going to be a couple of games before we get Quinterly back. I'm not going to say what's uh, what's wrong there, but uh, put it this way. He'll be out for Auburn and and the next game, but then he should be back for that next game. So you all figure it out. Well, and that, you know, the problem is – um, that the next two games are Auburn and Kentucky. I mean, yeah. arguably on the road, our, our two biggest rivals. Yep, on the road, we could really use, you know, uh, him. But uh, you know, played great in the second half without him. And uh, and hey, and this is the way I look at it: if we split, just split. If we just split, just win one of those games, and hey, the way we're playing, we can win both. But a split would be great. Because it will be so fun to beat Auburn and Auburn. It would be so fun to beat Kentucky and Lexington. I don't want to get greedy and ask for both, but a split would be impressive. It really would. And again, I don't think it's out of the question. I watched Kentucky play last night on my way to Atlanta when I stopped in eight while I was finishing up the Alabama game. And um, and they're just they're just not that good. They they are not playing like a team full of confidence. And you know what, as, again, my my helmet-headed self said was, this makes me appreciate Nick Saban even more because Kentucky has a team loaded with five stars. They're better than everybody. And Vanderbilt, who's not very good, is giving them everything they want. In fact, you could make the argument Vanderbilt outplayed them. It's just Kentucky had so much more talent. Well, Kentucky is not – it's not vintage Kentucky. It's not elite Kentucky. It's not a Kentucky team that's going to win the national championship, but it's Kentucky, and they are full of guys that could have signed with anyone in the world, and, and that's who Calipari chose. And, uh, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like – I mean, there is no down years for Alabama, at least not under Saban. So it's, you can't really say it's a down year. This is the roster they recruited. And uh, yeah. you got to figure maybe later in the year they're going to be – better than they are but just in terms of the product and in terms of the results on the floor it's just not vintage Kentucky but don't think for one second people that they don't have dudes these were hand-picked by Calipari yeah it's and you know so I think we have a shot <clears throat> at beating Kentucky and Rub, which is something we normally don't have and then uh if, assuming you know Auburn didn't find something really quickly they, they're not playing great they got an old Miss game tonight um, they're going to probably be without Justin Powell, who's been uh, arguably the best freshman in the SEC, and um, he's dealing with some concussion stuff. He's been their only other point guard, and um, man, if and he's not really a point guard. So if they don't have him come Saturday, nor Sharif Cooper, my goodness, I mean, you almost think that's a game Alabama 
should win. I mean, instead of like hoping, okay, I hope we can hang with them. You almost think that's a game we should win. Yeah. It's just Auburn's been so good recently, uh, really tough to win over there. But, hey, it's just a different road environment. It's a different Auburn team. And uh, and we'll see. I mean, I give us a good chance. I give us a good chance against Auburn. I give us a good chance against Kentucky. Just being like a little realistic, like, like are we really going to go on the road and beat Auburn and Kentucky back-to-back games and have a huh, – it's just kind of hard to wrap your head around. But is it possible? Oh, it's very possible the way we're playing and the way they're playing. No, just give me one of them. I don't even care which one. I'll take yeah, either one. Exactly. Same way. Same way. Not I'll so. be thrilled not to take either one. Jimmy, let me tell everybody. Let me tell everybody about Rock Auto, rockauto.com. You know the jingle. Don't make me sing it. Don't make me sing it. Don't don't make me sing. You ever see that Saturday Night Live skit with Kristen Wiig when she was like, don't make me sing. And she kept saying it and people were like, nobody's asking you to sing. She's like, oh, don't make me sing. I will sing, but don't make me sing. Um, don't make me sing this jingle. You don't want me to sing it. But rockauto.com is where you want to go for all your auto parts. There's all these new kind of funky cars out there. There's Fiats and Kias and Kiats and Fias and everything else. There's Pacificas and XT5s. And it's impossible, impossible for your local uh, chain store to uh, stock all these parts. But you know who's got them? rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com. Whatever you need. If it's a new chassis, timing belt, rear view mirror, brake light, um, LED strip for underneath the car because you want to look cooler, uh, anti-riot gear in case you're going to D.C., <laughs> whatever you need, um, you need to go to rockauto.com and pick it up. You can use the promo code. Well, just, yeah, write locked on in how did you hear about us. They don't have a promo code. It's just write locked on. Let them know you heard about them through us. That would certainly be much appreciated from Jimmy and from me too. So go to rockauto.com as soon as you can and check them out and go save yourself a boatload of money on your new auto parts that you need to get that hoopty running. All right, Jimmy, uh, last segment here. I, I, boy, I, I hesitate to bring this up. I, I mean, but you know, Kristen Saban was in the news. Um, I've listened to I've listened to a lot of talk radio. Uh, she has been uh, very prominent on most shows so far. Not that she's called in, but just the tweets she sent out about Ohio State. And look, in her defense, if she were a normal fan, I, she said what every Alabama fan was thinking, that it sounds yes. like Ohio State is buying time to get Justin Fields a little bit healthier. I agree with what she said. I just don't think she can say it. That's exactly right, and that uh, was my first thought, and I'm a big fan of her Twitter account. I'm a big fan of her. I think her enthusiasm is awesome. You know what she does? She does a real service. I'm sure Alabama might not look at it that way, you know, but she does, here's the service she does. She humanizes Nick. She humanizes him, and, and you can tell she loves her dad, and that's who he is to her. It's dad, and she humanizes him, and it's it's such a benefit. I think it it helps. Uh, I think it makes Nick not just her, but it makes Nick so much more likable. You know, his daddy's grandpa. She posts pictures of 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 him with the baby, and uh, you know, I hope that Kristen's not gone. Uh, you know, from Twitter uh, as a result of this. Um, I hope not, because I really enjoy her tweets. I think most of the fans do. She's sort of the 
queen of Alabama Twitter, which is great and most of it's great, but that that particular tweet was a bad idea because she does have to realize that there's no official capacity, but she does have saving in her name. And mm-hmm. hey, I would be I would be interested in reading what I would take as a trash talking t- tweet from Ryan Day's daughter or son if he had something to say. I'm a, I'm not gonna you know I'm just not the kind of fan that's gonna get all get my blood boiling over it, but. Again, I would look at a tweet from Ryan Day's son or daughter differently than a random oh I mean a random Ohio State fan can say anything and who cares? But if it came from Ryan Day's kid, I'm gonna read it. <laughs> you know, uh it's just she's just too important to say things like that. Hopefully she you know, I don't want to say learned a lesson because it sounds like I'm talking down to her, but uh you know, because I, I have to watch what I tweet, frankly, sometimes. I got to remember, I mean, I work for, for QB Country, and it's not just working for me anymore. And 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 I got to watch what I tweet, too. I work for QB Country. I work for the Locked On Network. Um, you know, I'm on a radio show. I can't, I can't just say anything. And even though I want to and I don't tweet a lot of things that I consider jokes, sometimes I self-edit now. I used to not self-edit so much, but I self-edit now. And that's all it is. You just got to rethink it. It's nothing, you know, I just hope she's not gone and just rethinks what she, uh, what she tweets and 98% of it's great. Yeah. Right. And I, and I feel for her in a way, she, look, we all admit that what she did was wrong. It was over the top. It was too much, but you know, we've all been there, Jimmy. I mean, yeah. you have, I have, yeah. I, I know I have, and I, yeah. I know you well enough to know you have that when you're you're like you're on a roll right and Kristen had been getting a lot of pub recently from Alabama folks like man I love following your Twitter account this is so much fun and like if you're at a party maybe you've had a couple of drinks and you're telling stories and the world is wrapped around your finger and everybody's just laughing at like this guy's hilarious and then you tell the one story about yeah so anyway here she comes in the room, uh, greased up like a pig, we're holding a nine iron. There I am tied to the chair. And guess what happens next? Everybody's like, whoa, that's too much, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. Whoa. Whoa, yeah, she, yeah, shouldn't be, she shouldn't be flogged. She shouldn't have her Twitter taken away. She shouldn't be the subject of derision. It should just be, okay, that, that, there's a line. You crossed it. Retreat to the other side of the line and continue. Yeah, how do you know where the line is unless you cross it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, like you said, look, if me or you had tweeted the same thing, even though we're somewhat in a position of responsibility, somewhat, but, you know, just from random Alabama fan tweets that, it's it's a non-story, but it's her. So that was a story. and But that's fine. I mean, again, I, I, I don't look at her any differently. She's not a terrible person. She's a great person and a great mom. And again, she humanizes her dad. And uh, gosh, I, I hope if she if she takes a break from Twitter, that's fine. I should have done that several times myself over the years. Uh, hopefully, she'll be back because she's she's a real positive in the Alabama community. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's just a. It's one of those distractions. I bet you Nick was like, uh, you know, can you imagine being the person? Because Nick doesn't have Twitter, right? And so somebody's got to go. Probably Josh Maxson, his 
his media guy, Josh Maxson, is, you know, we've all seen him uh, standing next to Nick frequently, and I'm sure, I'm sure that befell poor Josh. He earned his paycheck this week with the coach. Uh, <laughs> and I coach bet you it was like, a, what, was that, what was that Seinfeld episode with the uh, the real Seidler? You know, like the guy was always sneaking <laughs> up right behind the lane yeah. and something like that. And away when something I bet you he had like, yeah, come on, I got your back, Josh. Let's go on in there. And then like um, Saban goes, what, can I help you, Josh? And Josh like looks around and sees nobody else is in there with him anymore. He's like, what the hell? I'm just in here by myself. <laughs> That'd be a problem. Um, but anyway, in the bottom line, a little bit over the top. She's being raped over the coals on national radio, though, and I, I hate that for her. Oh, but that's the world we live in Twitter. And even more of a reason for her, to, for everybody to take a lesson from Twitter occasionally. You don't have to tweet everything you think. <laughs> Boy, I'm guilty of that sometimes, but I, I do. I, I I try. Years ago, I didn't, and uh, but uh, yeah, I, I try to self-edit uh, just because. I mean, I, I have you know about tweeted things I shouldn't. Whether it's I mean any number of things, usually jokes, usually jokes that are you know I, I'm, <laughs> we can be a little inappropriate in our jokes, but that's fine. You got to keep it at a little inappropriate and not. Uh, Mr. Stein, my 12-year-old kid reads this, uh, sir. You know, I, I don't want to get that. So, All right, buddy. That'll do it for this episode again. Congratulations to Devontae. I believe, um, I think it's safe to say for anybody over, or anybody, hmm, I don't know where I want to go with this. Anybody post-Bear Bryant era who started paying attention to Alabama football, I would say Devontae is easily in your top five players of all time. Now, he should be. If he's not, you need to reevaluate your list, um, not just because of the way he plays, but because of who he is. And um, so congratulations to him. And now, you know, tonight, uh, Thursday night, it's going to be another award show, and you have to assume that uh, he's going to win the Bolitnikoff. I feel pretty good about Najee winning the Dope Walker. Um, Obviously, Leatherwood's up for an award, so is Sertan, so is Mac Jones up for some more awards. I mean, it could be another big night for Alabama. I expect it to be. Uh, and and why? Because, you know, when we do predictions later in the week about the national championship game, uh, one of the things I'm going to start my soliloquy with is this. From week one to week whatever we're at, week 12, Alabama has been the best team in the country. That is a fact. We have been the best team from week one to week 12. So for that very reason, yeah, we should probably win some hardware tomorrow night, Thursday night, whenever you're listening to this. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. We'll talk again. Right. Roll Tide.